Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Kays. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, welcome to week 17. It's the last week of the NFL season that means anything in fantasy football. And for the sake of argument, it might as well be one of the last weeks that means anything for the rest of, well, for the rest of this year until football starts again. Um, that's after the playoffs, of course. Um, is there, let, let me ask you this, Trevor, since we weren't on last week because both of us got really sick, I'm still recovering from COVID-19. Yes, it's still a thing. Yes, it's out there. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, you got any words for the people to catch us up on some things that might have happened in the last couple of weeks? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm trying not to relive last week. Um, uh, man, it's uh, it's been nuts. Uh, the holidays, uh, a lot going on. But, uh, yeah, uh, as a Vikings fan, it was a really tough week last week because we had two more starters go down with injuries that'll keep them out for the season. I know the season's not a big chunk of time right now, but uh, you still, you know, it's like uh, death by a thousand cuts is what it feels like as a Vikings fan this year. It truly is, Trevor, and to be a New England Patriots fan, it really is a death by a thousand cuts as well, Um, even though the cuts are uh, pretty deep. Um, and they're infected, and somebody squeezed a lemon in them. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> um, despite beating Denver, I still felt like uh, you know we've we've uh, successfully you know displaced ourselves in the the race to getting any sort of relevant quarterback in the draft, which is exactly what we wanted the whole time. We wanted to pick closer to the top ten, not the top two. That's what we wanted. We wanted a top nine pick, not top eight pick, because God forbid we do anything that has to do with rebuilds or anything that gets us in the right spot outside of being an average football team for the last four years, and, and realistically a bad one. So uh, it's yeah, it's great. It's great. Glad I can vent about this on this podcast. This is therapy to me. You guys all know that. I've been saying it for a few years. <sighs> well, let me ask you this, Trevor. Let's go back <laughs> to something. I can get a little therapy out of it. This can be kind of cathartic for me. Um, look, man, it's uh, championship week for fantasy football. This is where we're at. Week 17. Um, hopefully you survived week 14 and 15. You're on to 17. This is the last week. You're doubling up your points potentially. You're figuring it out between the other team. Hypothetically, two best teams in the league, or at least the two luckiest. Um, not your forte, Trevor, of course, I'm the fantasy guy, but because we're two heads and it will always equal one, at least on this podcast, 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 you know, this is the, there's the COVID brain for you. Um, can you tell me some tips or give it offer any sort of advice to the uh, the folks here what you would do for your fantasy football week championship game if you were indeed in it or if you are right now some things you're considering what's some advice we can give some folks here what do you think well if you're in your fantasy championship uh, don't leave Brees Hall on the bench this week uh, oh wait a uh, little little late for that. Um, yeah, I just saw him get like 18 points on my bench. Um, I, I'm still looking good in my championship, but, uh, but that's things starting championship weekend like that. Um, I think you said it really well uh, a couple weeks ago, start your studs. Um, this is the time to just rely on the reliable ones and not get too, uh, you don't want to be overly analytical this week. Um, hopefully you've 
you've uh, got your roster figured out by now. If not, then I don't know how you ended up in the championship. Um, and, uh, you know, I've got, I've got, uh, got uh, Etienne and, uh, uh, Jim, uh, Gibbs. So, so I think everyone would understand why I left, uh, Brees Hall on the bench. Uh, but still seeing him get 18 points, uh, that stings. It does hurt. It does hurt. So basically what you're saying, Trevor, is trust your, trust your studs, right? That's, Who are that's clearly right. your studs, right? That's right. 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 That's a, that's a good piece of advice. Are you in a, in a championship game right now? Speaking of? That's right. That's right. Oh, you are? I'm in a championship uh, matchup against a longtime friend of mine. Shout out. Uh, he, not not really a listener of the podcast, but my okay. buddy Chad. Uh, he's our commissioner, and boy, he'd love to he'd love to win the league that he commissions every year. But uh, I think I've got like a a twenty point advantage in the projections right now, and I'm feeling good. Feeling like it's okay. uh, another another championship year for my guys. So, how are you approaching week eighteen with this this lead? Let's go. Let's go with that. Like, how would you approach? This week, knowing you have a lead, if, if you're indeed in the lead, as you could say, if you're listening to this podcast, yeah. what's your strategy? Uh, so, I mean, my my biggest thing this week has been my biggest concern every week, which is which defense am I going to start? Ah. And are you streaming this week? Is that what you plan on doing? Uh, yeah. So, this week, I'm going to be streaming the Rams defense against the Giants. Um. The Giants were looking hot for a little while there, but they seem to have cooled again. And so I feel pretty good about uh, starting the Rams defense this week. Gotcha. Okay, so um, player studs, stream of defense based on uh, based based on matchup. Okay, um, and what's what, what's something else you would say? If you had a lead, if you're let's say if you were playing from behind, like you've probably been in that position, I have as well. But what's something you would th- you would think would be a good thing to do if you're playing from behind this well, week? Well, yeah, if if you're behind in the projections, uh, that that's that changes things because this is the last matchup of the year. This is everything's for all the marbles, to borrow a phrase from long ago. Uh, you got to swing for the fences. Um, you need to go, uh, you know, you need to be going for the ceiling, not the floor. And, uh, you got to take risks if you're going to win. So, uh, I don't know, starting, I'm trying to think of a good example here. Like, uh, who's somebody with uh, low floor, high ceiling? Um, it's a good question. Maybe like Baker Mayfield right now might be a good one because oh, yeah. what twenty six no, touchdowns, that's a good one, eight that's interceptions good, Baker. with the quarterback position being kind of volatile. Yeah, I think yeah, that would be his be a prime example. His fantasy stats are very up and down. Uh, they're very up last week, I think. So uh, yeah, starting somebody like Baker Mayfield that that gives you a shot. Um, what about, let's see, what's like another kind of like high risk, uh, well, you said, uh, high bust, like low, t- what's, what's your definition here? Like 
high risk, low reward. DJ Moore would be one for me, right? DJ Moore is always kind of like, okay, 1,200 yards in the year, two touchdowns, seven touchdowns, but like, is he going to get you 20, 30 points, or are you going to have to start like a B. John Robinson, Travis Etienne, or like Brandon Ayuk in your flex instead? Right. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let me think of another one. Um, Rohi Muster. Muster has been kind of weird. 18 touchdowns in a year, but like hasn't really scored much lately. Um, De- Devon Achan, same thing on the, on the Miami Dolphins would kind of be another one for me. How about this? What do you do if one of your guys, and I'm, this is gonna be this could be a very obvious answer. What do you do if one of your guys who you've been counting on um, gets hurt, right? We see this kind of at the end of the year. This is why fantasy football is so weird to me, especially at the end of the year where you're like really grinding in the playoffs. Like you, you could have guys that just get rested just because it's like the end of the year and they're quote unquote injured um, or they get legitimately injured. We saw uh, what TJ Hawkinson tore his ACL and MCL last week, not to bring up oh, any trauma pre Trevor. <laughs> oh. But, uh, you know, we might as well address it. It's therapy for me. I suppose it could be for you. And lucky for you, I, I am licensed. So we can go ahead and process this fairly quickly if you like. But, um, you know, uh, licensed football therapist here. And uh, it's God, – God's got to be hard, man. So what do you do if he's on your fantasy team? Let alone he's one of your favorite players or just some guy you like to watch right, on your favorite team. What if, uh, what if he's on your fantasy team? What do you do then? What do you do? No, uh, I can tell you because he's on my fantasy team and he's a player that I love. Uh, so you, you go to free agency, you have to, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I grabbed, uh, Njoku. David Njoku. Uh, yeah. Cleveland tight end. Uh, decent performance last night. Sure was. Uh, it's a non-PPR league. It's got some crazy scoring, but no, no points per reception. Still got me, uh, uh, 10.4 points. Um, so I was really happy with that, but, uh, yeah, replacing TJ Hawkinson going into my championship game, uh, not something I was expecting to do. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting, man. I mean, it's a scenario like that where you have to, uh, basically I mean, how often at the end of the year do injuries like that come up, right? Or it's actually like a pretty significant player. He's top, what, two or three tight ends in the league right now? It'd be him, Kelsey, Andrews got hurt. Uh, boy, I didn't even realize the tight end position's taking a real beating this year. Dallas Goddard's been out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Darren Waller sucked. I'm trying to think of any other, <laughs> you know, it's George Kittle really hasn't been that great. Um, you know, we could have a whole conversation in the tight end position just being kind of sort of like a drop off. Similar to how we've talked about the quarterbacks over the last couple of weeks, but those are all injury related. Um, it's interesting, nonetheless. You wonder, you wonder why that tight end drop off has happened, or why the injury has been so prevalent for the tight end position specifically. But um, Sam Laporta, right? Hopefully, got him. I assume most people who have Sam Laporta is probably in the championship game this year, right? Boy, it, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a nice uh, piece of the puzzle to get to your championship to have that tight end position locked down and not have to stream or carry more than one. Um, it's something I always look for in the fantasy draft is like, where can I grab a tight end that I don't need a tight end on my bench? He's just going to be my tight end every week. I'll pick up one bi-week tight end and that's it. Uh, that's who TJ Hawkinson was for me this year. 
Um, Sam Laporta, man, fantasy wise, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but he he could be tight end one. If you told me he was the highest scoring fantasy tight end this year, I'd believe you. Wild. Wild. Yeah, Sam Laporta, probably the highest scoring tight end, I assume in the league, if not Travis Kelsey, right? He was out for a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know where he's at. Where he's at. Especially in a, a PPR format. The guy just catches so many passes. <clears throat> no doubt. Um, before we get to the games, let me ask you this, Trevor. What did you think of the Kansas City Chiefs' performance last week against the, the Raiders? We have uh, quite a few people that listen to the podcast in the Central American area, and the uh, they call um, this is the heartland of America, right? Our grain growers, if you will, our corn heads, if we add an, off another term. Um, are we on a free for all? Free free for all. Wow, free fall for Kansas City this year. I mean, where are they at, man? Four and four at home, right? Just lost to the Raiders. Um, Ugly loss, 20-14 on New Year's. Oh, no, that was on Christmas Day, right? Yep, 2014. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Yeah. What a gift that was, let me tell you. Almost lost yeah. to the Patriots, if not for some some um, friendly, well, let's say friendly flags, right, thrown by the refs. <laughs> now you got to play Cincinnati. <laughs> now you got to play Cincinnati um, at home, right? I mean, regardless of that, Joe Burrow, still Cincinnati. I mean, what can you say about Kansas City? What, what do we what, what do we make of this team before we start picking their games? So I I remember the uh, Raiders Chiefs game because I was uh, I was drinking in a bar on Christmas morning that was not open. Uh, which, if you've not done that, it's a vibe. Uh, but uh, yeah, we we couldn't believe what we were seeing. And as for the uh, matchup this week. It, you 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 know, I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. We'll get to the picks in a moment. But man, if uh, if the Cincinnati uh, Bengals had Joe Burrow, you'd be you'd be taking Cincinnati all day. Um, the Chiefs just things aren't things aren't clicking. They're not. Uh, th- this is a team that's not getting hot at the right time of the year. Um, season's not over. There's two games left. And they could, uh, could t- so there's time to turn it around to to go on a run in the playoffs. But man, if the playoffs started this week, you wouldn't be putting your money on the Chiefs to go all the way. You just wouldn't. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it's interesting because they were talking about on uh, was it like some NFL show? I think like I was listening to this week and like if Kansas City's quote unquote broken or if like. Mahomes is like, um, if he's tired, if Mahomes is tired, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what uh, what does that mean? You know, that's what they kept saying. Is Mahomes tired? Is he just tired? Like, has he played a lot in the last couple of years? I think we could just really just put it down to like, it's like any team that wins. They've been in two Super what? They've won two Super Bowls in three or four years, right? Yeah. It's like any team that does that, you're going to lose talent. You're your roster gets older, people get paid, things happen. Some seasons are more about rebuilding your roster and getting more experience for your rookies and your second-year players. And then, you, dude, you just have guys that just fill gaps that aren't good. They're just not good players, you know, because you can't afford anybody else, and you have to just play them and see what happens. And maybe they'll do something for you that's really important at some point down the line in the playoffs, hopefully, when it matters. But in the meantime, they're just going to make you – 
pull out your hair. And, you know, a guy like Kadarius Tony, who um, is basically a blockhead, you know, I could say some other adjectives, but I'm not really allowed to say them on a podcast that's supposedly PG, even though we drop them every now and then. Um, you know, is uh, that would be like a prime example of it, you know? And then you have a guy like Travis Kelsey, who's just, he's just getting older, man. He's just getting older. It's just the way it is, you know? Um, they don't have Eric Bieniemy. You lose the coaches, the assistant coaches, who, who kind of like piece all this stuff together. You get a guy like Matt Nagy from Chicago. You bring him back in because he's cheap, right? And he's going to be an offensive assistant. He's getting, still getting paid by Chicago. So I'll just bring him in because I spent a lot of money on him. And he sucks. So this is what you get, okay? You don't pay Chris Jones in the offseason. So he plays half-assed the rest of the year, you know? Um, this is what you get. This is what you get. <laughs> you know? I don't know what to say. You You've this is what you get, man. You you set your bed. You 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 made your bed. You're gonna have to lay in it. And for Andy Reid, that's gonna be pretty 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 large bed. I had to stop myself there for a second. Sorry. Pretty big bed there, Andy Reid. You've dug yourself. You know that's what I'm wondering. Like out of everything, right? I think the biggest impact is Eric Bieniemy no longer being on the Kansas City Chiefs. They never really gave him a chance to call the plays directly. You know, Andy Reid always has like a big hand on that, and that's his head coaching style. Do you think that's the biggest impact for the Chiefs, or like what do you point point it to? I mean, I it's I think uh, when you're you know when you're the king of the mountain, so to speak, uh, you know the, like. Like, if there's a team that everybody else is trying to figure out more than the average team, that that's that's the Chiefs, uh, especially the last, you know, four or five seasons. So I think, uh, I think defenses are really good these days, and uh, I think they've figured out this Mahomes offense, uh, how to get uh, coverage sacks and how to, you know, get him even when he – escapes the pocket and it I just I'm seeing when I when I watch the Chiefs I'm seeing a lot of broken plays and I credit the defenses yeah I suppose that's fair <laughs> you know I, I just think that not having Eric Bieniemy and make those uh, adjustments and having redo basically everything and having a guy like Matt Nagy who just I don't I just don't think he's good he wasn't good you know he's carried by Reed even when he was offensive coordinator but Chicago was terrible um I think that's a big it's a big impact on him, you know? Um, but what do I know? So, it's weird he can't get a head coaching job. Eric Bieniemy. But I'll move on. Are you ready to call some games, man? We got, not, we got no gravy today here, folks, by the way. The holidays are almost over. The gravy's all dried up. There's no more drippings, okay? So, we just got to move on. We're going to talk about the games. Trevor, are you ready to pick some games, my friend? Let's do it. Okay. We're going to move on to Saturday, tomorrow night. We have uh, Saturday Night Football, baby. you got to love that. Let's say that out loud. The NFL has taken over every day of the, the week at this point. Let's start getting some Tuesday and Wednesday night games. We're getting those during COVID. God forbid we'll, we'll lose out on them moving forward. But nonetheless, Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys, a 5.5-point favorite to Dallas, over under 51.5. Uh, Trevor, there's a team. If there's a guy that knows more about the Dallas Cowboys Detroit Lions, especially in a game like this, um, that could call this game, have a good analysis on it. I think you would have to be on ESPN or NFL Network. Luckily, we have you in the studio today. Uh, Dallas coming off of two straight losses. 
Detroit sort of in a weird spot. I think we both think they peaked at some point in the season already. However, they still have 11 wins. Um, what do you make of this game? What do you think about Dallas at home? Got to be a good spot for them, right? Right, right. They're 7-0 and at home. They have a chance to finish uh, perfect at home on the season. Um, and I, I do like the Cowboys to win this one. Uh, but I think the Lions are going to make it tough. I think this is going to be a really, uh, really exciting Saturday night game. Um, I, I think, you know, these two teams are obviously both bound for the playoffs. Um, so this could be a little bit of a, whether or not they play each other in the playoffs, another, another story, but this, uh, this could be, you know, prelude to a rematch, um, very quickly. So, uh. You know, that being the case, the way football tends to go, uh, losing this game might not be the worst thing for either team. Uh, it's really tough to beat the same team uh, twice uh, in a row. So, I, uh, yeah, there's just a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of that NFL soap opera drama for this matchup and just really good teams. Um, so... I like uh, I like both quarterbacks in this game. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of passing. Uh, the Lions with that one-two punch at running back definitely going to try to balance it out. But I think by the end they might be playing a little bit of catch up. We're going to see a lot of passing in this game. Uh, but uh, yeah, I like like the Cowboys to win. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions to cover. I think this game comes down to a field goal. Uh, or maybe like four points. Um, so uh, so I like the Lions to cover, and I'm definitely, definitely taking the over on this one. Um, you know, interesting stat. Last month of the season, Dallas Cowboys allowed the third most rushing yards on the ground, right? To running backs, um, tied for the lead, league lead, and most receiving touchdowns allowed to running backs at two. So you look in the backfield for Detroit, who do we got? We got um, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Um, did you did you say you picked Dallas to win at, at home? Right. Yeah, I'm going to take Dallas okay. to win, but I like it uh, to be a you know three or four point game. I like the Lions to cover that spread. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Had to had to hear that again. Uh, and so I like the Detroit running game. If you're doing fantasy daily fantasy, or you have them in your uh, Dave Montgomery in your lineup, or somebody along those lines, Jameer Gibbs. Big fan of that. Um, also, uh, there's not a better quarterback at home in the NFL than Dak Prescott. I don't have his stats in front of me, his splits, but um, the best, I, I, so I've heard, I mean, heard it qual- qualitatively on ESPN earlier as I was sitting at home, can't leave my house, of course. Um, and Dak Prescott, the best quarterback at home in the NFL. Could be a shootout, definitely pick Dallas, and obviously keep an eye on some of those guys if you do like Strap Kings or Daily Fantasy matchups or anything. Price picks, I think, is the other one. We need to get sponsored on that, but baby, we need to get paid somehow, right? We get paid on this stuff. Other reach out. Right. <laughs> Moving on, the New England Patriots set the Buffalo Bills a fourteen-point favorite to Buffalo over under forty and a half. Um, I mean, look, what do you say? It's it's New England's. They've been playing hard all year. Um, hasn't obviously hasn't added up to the results they would hope. They beat Buffalo earlier in the year, so they, they have their number but it's at home um 
I mean, I should say New England's on the road, and Buffalo's been – well, don't look now, man. Been playing some of the best uh, football in the NFL over the last month. And you, and they say the season doesn't start till December. I say it all the time in this podcast. And here they are, 9-6, and six, won three in a row. What say you? Eh. Uh, yeah, they beat, they no, beat no, they, Dallas. They, they've, been, they've been playing well. They've yeah. been playing well, and they're they're getting hot at the right time, just like you said. Um, I like the Bills to win this one, uh, but the way the Patriots have been playing all season, uh, I'm going to take the Patriots to cover. I don't think Buffalo wins by 14, and I'm going to take the under on that 40.5. Um, and the Patriots, they're not winning a lot of games, but man, you look at them and they really. Uh, they're in a lot of low-scoring games. They 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 stretch out the clock. Um, they make it really hard to score, and uh, and I I do think the Bills will win this one at home. I'll move on to ten and six. Uh, probably headed to the playoffs, but uh, but I like the Patriots to keep this one interesting. Uh, keep it under forty points, and I think they'll uh, they'll, they'll cover that fourteen-point spread. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, two interceptions Josh Allen threw against New England last time. Um, James Cook fumbled the ball. I mean, look, um, it's going to be cold, man. 33 degrees in Buffalo doesn't sound that cold. But you understand that's that's Orchard Park in the morning. Oh, it's actually 1 o'clock in the afternoon. But regardless, it's windy. <laughs> so... You know, I was assuming that there's going to be some, like, teens sort of sort of deal. So, 14-point spread. I mean, and I think New England's going to play a lot better than that. Micah Hyde will be back for Buffalo. And um, expect that to extend their run here. If you're doing Daily Fantasy or any of those sorts of deals I already mentioned earlier, DraftKings or what have you, um, I would keep an eye on James Cook. Um, we saw a little bit of vulnerability in the run defense against New England last week for, for Denver. They didn't turn up the heat at all. Um, and and I think they had some openings kind of in that zone running scheme. James Cook um, has been a nice little tear here. Two touchdowns, though. Do you think we're going to get a couple more of those? And uh, 200 carries for almost 1,100 yards, five and a half yards a carry. That Buffalo offensive line has been excellent. They've allowed the uh, least amount of sacks in the league against um, for against other opposing defenses. So keep them, keep Josh Allen upright. Maybe he gets one on the ground, too. So the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs, a 65-point favorite to Kansas City. Over-under 43-and-a-half. Uh, look, man, we already alluded to this earlier. I, I can't believe I talked about the Kansas City Chiefs for 10 minutes. I mean, they just make me feel like uh, my skin crawling. We just get too much of them, really. That's what it comes down to. We see too much of them on every commercial. I think that people are just overexposed to them, and it kind of gets under my skin uh, in terms of the amount of time I have to spend talking about them, I guess. But uh, it's voluntary. Um Look, man, Cincinnati wins, they're in. Um, simple as that. And if Kansas City loses, we could have an interesting situation in our hands if Vegas wins later in the day. So um, what say you? Yeah, I, I think the Chiefs will win this one. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Um, like, I, like I already said, if, if the Bengals had their quarterback – I'd be taking them, you know, in, as an easy pick the way the Chiefs have been playing. Uh, but the Chiefs are at home in December. Sorry, in January. No, December. Yeah, just barely. Um, yeah, where are we? <laughs> huh. uh, yeah, it's been you know this this work week between Christmas and New Year's was just absolutely staggering. Um, but so I I don't have COVID brain, but it it kind of feels like it. 
Um, the uh, yeah, the Chiefs. I like them to win this one. Um, I am going to take them to beat that spread. I think they do win by a touchdown. Um, but uh, the Bengals, the Bengals doing pretty good with their backup. Uh, I think they stay in this game and they push it over that forty-three and a half points. Uh, so I'm taking the over here. Kansas City to win. Kansas City to beat the spread. Very good. Um, something to mention here for Rashi Rice for Kansas City's one a touchdown in three straight games. Rookies come on late. Looked really good. Jamar Chase, every time he comes down and does a uh, post-game, pre-game interview or some sort of interview in between any of these games where he's calling out um, the other team and has saying he's going to have an impact, usually has an impact. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's pointing to game plan or just how he feels, how good he feels in practice, but uh, happened this week. I imagine keep an eye on Jamar Chase. So it'll be hard to stop him. I don't think Kansas State is very good secondary, but um, obvious here for both matchups. So, moving on, the Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears, a two and a half point favorite. Chicago over under thirty seven and a half. Dome team playing on the road. Um, you know, in Chicago, cold place. I think I, th- I think I can understand the line here. Um, and Chicago has been pretty good at home, four and three, man. Uh, Justin Fields playing for his job. A lot to play for in Chicago. They won three out of four. Uh, what do you think Absolutely. about this game? Uh, so this is, uh, a, you know, at a glance, this is not an interesting game, but it really is. Uh, I think the Falcons are still alive in uh, the race for their division championship. Three-way Which tie. is crazy. I think they still have, yeah, the Saints, Bucks, and... Falcons all still could win the NFC South. Uh, and as we like to say on this show, somebody has to win the NFC South. Uh, so the Falcons Amen, have brother. a lot. Yeah, the Falcons have a lot to play for. The Bears, of course, a lot to play for uh, on that roster. Really no hopes of, uh, I mean, not impossible, but pretty pretty hopeless that they, they have anything beyond the regular season this year. Uh Certainly not in in the race for the division championship, but uh, but yeah, this is going to be a close one. Uh, it's it's not my Vikings bias. I really do feel like the Falcons are are uh, going to upset this week, so I'm going to take the Falcons to win. Um, I think it's going to be a, a good day for the Falcons defense. Um, I know the Bears' offense has been clicking lately, but that's kind of been them all year. They're up and then they're down, and then they're up and then they're down. I think this is a down week for the Bears, uh, especially with with all that uh, the Falcons have on the line. So I'm going to take the Falcons to win, but I am going to the 37 and a half. I'm going to take the over on that. That's just a little too low for me. Yeah, taking the over. Okay, um, something to keep an eye on here. The uh, Chicago defense over the last month of the season hasn't been great against tight ends. Top five in FPA against them. Worst, I should say. Worst. So look for a little Kyle Pitts, John o. Smith action. He's actually been a nice surprise for Atlanta this year. A good little trade. A uh, little swap of the Pats there. And then um, <clears throat> the running defense against Chicago, for Chicago. Um, pretty, pretty bad. Uh, I think we've seen across the board just bad run defenses this year. Uh, Chicago has been... Bad. <laughs> so, B. John Robinson, let's hope, hopefully he can cap off his rookie year with a thousand yard season. Wouldn't be surprised if he had a nice little uh, little go around here against Chicago. So, 
Moving on. The uh, Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts, a three and a half point favorite to Indianapolis. Over under 42 and a half. Um, boy, we just keep getting more and more games with playoff implications, man. I tell you, I said if Vegas wins this week um, and Kansas City loses, we could be in for an interesting scenario next week where Vegas um, could potentially, could, maybe, uh, a lot of things would have to go right, <laughs> potentially win the AFC West. Um, that would be really wild. Um, Kansas City would have to lose two in a row. Obviously, but uh, nonetheless, they're playing for a wild card spot. So is Indianapolis, and whoever loses this game might own a tie, or whoever wins this game might have a tiebreaker. So, interesting game. It Who would have thought? <clears throat> it's a, excuse me, it's an interesting game. Um, and uh, nobody likes the Cinderella story better than me. Uh, uh, not even Cinderella? I'm, not even yeah, Disney? No, nah, no. Nah, she's busy. Uh, uh, gotcha. No, the uh, the Raiders. I like what they've done lately. They've they've made it an interesting year. Um, they've stayed very competitive in a in a tough division. Um, two and five away. I think uh, I think we're starting to see that the Raiders, uh, that new stadium in Las Vegas, uh, they have a very legitimate home field advantage when they play there. Um, I think they lose this one on the road. Uh, I know Indianapolis isn't favored by a lot, but I'm going to take the Colts to win. I'm going to take them to beat the spread. Um, man, that over-under is tough. I'm going to take the over. Um, I do think the Colts are uh, one of the more underrated offensive units in the league right now. Um they're just they they just keep finding a way to move the ball and and score, and uh, and and I do like the Raiders defense I do but man it, the defense with the home field advantage is is just uh, it's it's an X factor uh, that they don't have when they're on the road so yeah I uh, I think this is going to be a good game I really do uh, but I'm taking Indianapolis. Over the last month of the season, the Indianapolis Colts defense is ranked the worst in the NFL for rush defense. Um, would expect, uh, I think his name's uh, Zamir White, right? Running back for the, the Vegas Raiders because uh, Josh Jacobs will be out, doubtful with a thigh injury. Zamir White, good start this week for, for Vegas. I think both teams have to run the ball a lot. I, you know, did you hear <laughs> when, last week, right, when Kansas City lost to Vegas, the Raiders didn't complete a, a pass for three quarters. From yeah, I after saw the first that. Quarter, did not complete a pass. It's crazy. That's, that's yeah. wild. Um, Jack Jones, two straight games with pick sixes. Um, would it, I don't know if that will continue to happen, but Gardman, you can give it up. So keep an eye on that. The Los Angeles Rams at the New York Giants, a five and a half point favorite to Los Angeles, a forty-three and a half spread, and the officially, officially, officially. The Timely Cutlets era in New York is over, and we'll be getting Tyrod Taylor again. Trevor, I know you're uh, devastated by the news. Absolutely devastated. Yeah, yeah, I was a big uh, big fan of uh, Tommy Cutlets. Um, no, that that's definitely the, uh, the uh, bitter Vikings fan in me. I just had so much fun watching him beat uh, Green Bay on a Monday night game. Um, I, I thought it was fun. I thought his uh, his manager was a fun distraction from Taylor Swift, um, you know that sort of stuff. 
So, uh, you know, these things come and they go. And uh, uh, to Rod Taylor, he's, uh, he's not to be overlooked. I think he's going to give us a, a good game. I still got to go with the Rams on this one, though. Uh, I like the Rams to win. I like the Rams to uh, beat that 5.5 spread. I think they win by a touchdown, maybe even 10 points. Um, you know, the Rams, Matthew Stafford, uh, and uh, the, 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 the guru there that we haven't heard his name much this year. Can't even think. Who's their head coach? Sean, uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay, yeah. Um, it, this is that time of year, and the Rams, uh, you know, they keep playing well. They get head to the postseason, and then anything's possible. So I think we're going to get uh, the best that, uh, that they have this week, and I like them to win by seven, even ten points. I'm going to take the over on the 43-and-a-half. Uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely like the Rams in this one. Uh, yep. Yeah, this, it's a – look, man, it's a good pick. Um, I think obviously – the one thing that's interesting to me, um, fantasy-wise, if you're looking for some daily, what have you, the um, Rams' worst pass defense in the NFL last month. Interesting to note. And Tyron Taylor right, starting that, again, got a veteran. Might keep it close. Yeah, Might keep it close. Nah, that's why I, I got to take the over yeah. on this one. Uh, I think they'll, it'll be a competitive – I think the Rams will pull away towards the end. Um, that's why I like them to beat that spread pretty easily. But uh, definitely taking the over because of that Ram secondary and uh, to Rod Taylor is, you know, he's still still hanging on because he's still got the ability to to, to move the ball and find the end zone occasionally. No doubt. No doubt. All right. The Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles, a 12-point favorite to Philly, over under 48-and-a-half. Um yeah, I mean, you know, get right games exist down the stretch. Uh, Philly's had a couple of them in a row here. New York and now Arizona um, after bombing three in a row. You would think the worst rush defense in the NFL, uh, period, and one of the worst defenses you'll see in Arizona would have no chance against Philadelphia. You would think that. Um, and yet here we are thinking that, you know, 12 points might be a little too high for this. <laughs> Considering Kyler Murray can really, you know, really put a game together, and he's play, basically playing for his job down the stretch here. So, right, Kyler Murray's playing for his job, and uh, the worst thing the Cardinals could do for the Cardinals right now is win this game. Um, you know, the the team has nothing to play for this year except the draft, uh, right. but Kyler Murray right. definitely, uh, you know, yeah, you know, he's. Even if he's not a Cardinal next year, he's going to be a starter somewhere. That's that's the uh, the desperation right now, and uh, uh, for quarterbacks, especially with geez all the injuries. Um, in fact, I saw I saw an interesting little uh, blurb today. Uh, the the QB slate for this week. We've got uh, sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent. Bear with me. Jaron Hall, Mason Rudolph, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, Bailey Zappi, uh, Taylor Heineke, uh, Gardner Minshew, Aiden O'Connell, Terod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, Jared Stidham, Easton Stick, and Jake Browning. Those are all starting quarterbacks in the NFL this week. Um, so uh, when it comes to just... Kyler Murray... Sorry? Uh, w- w- sorry, did you just say your name in there too? I heard Trevor Koppel. 
Trevor Simeon. Oh, right, right. Sorry. But you got a call, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I did. I told him yep. I uh, couldn't get away, you know. Right. Uh, but, uh, tough, tough so, yeah, Kyler geology. Murray is playing for his job, but I'm not worried about his uh, future as a, uh, you know, you never know how these things shake out. He might end up on a team better suited to him if he doesn't stay in Arizona. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be playing hard. That 12-point line is tough. Uh the way the Eagles are playing and this close to the playoffs, you could see a real conservative game out of the Eagles. Um, let's just get the win. Let's not worry about driving up the score. So this this is probably the hardest game for me to pick this week just because there's you know, it's a huge mismatch in terms of the overall talent of these two teams. Uh but uh yeah, it, you're you're right. That 12 points, it just seems a little much. Um, the way the Eagles have been playing, and, and the same, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles won by 22 points. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to really protect that roster going into the postseason, and we're going to see a lot of safe between the tackles running, and. Uh, and the Cardinals could stay in this. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover those 12 points. Uh, but I am going to take the over on the 48-and-a-half. Okay. Uh, good good pick. Um, I think it's obvious. Philadelphia will probably win this game. But I think it yeah, just because of how close they played to New York last week, even with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, I mean, I think it's a possibility that, you know, this will be a closer game than what's indicated in the line. So, Oh, Trevor, somebody has to win the NFC South. It's the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Tampa over under 42-and-a-half. And, and uh, we mentioned this game a little bit earlier just because of Baker Mayfield and his uh, volatility to some degree. However, he's playing pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good, right? Three games so, in a row they've won. Tampa at yeah. home. <clears throat> Dome team. Mm? I mean, Baker Mayfield has <laughs> always been hot and cold, streaky, whatever you want to call it. Uh but looking back on this season, he's putting together one of his best. This, this is one of his best seasons in the NFL, and uh, he's got his team out in front. Well, not out in front, currently leading uh, by a game, the uh, the NFC South. And here he has that. You know, they have a chance to really uh, put a nail in the coffin here with a win at home, uh, four and three at home against the Saints. I like Tampa Bay here. Uh, two and a half point spreads pretty close. Uh, and I understand the the Buccaneers defense, they've got a lot of, uh, playmakers that I like, but as a unit, they're vulnerable and, uh, and the saints will probably hang in there, but, uh, but I'm definitely taking the bucks to win this one. I think they beat that spread. I think they win by at least a field goal, if not more. Um, and both teams playing the way that they have. I definitely like the over here too. I think the Saints will put points up. I think the Bucks will outscore them. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll have an over on this one. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, and I just I I'm, <laughs> I don't know why I always say a dome team on the road, but three and five on the road says says what I'm saying for itself with New Orleans and uh, Derek Carr. Yeah, I don't. What else are you gonna say? Yep, mid and here they are at seven and eight. We said it for the year. Took a sidestep and he signed Derek Carr, and here we are. So, um, 
two, two defenses are playing really good. I don't have a lot of fantasy relevance here, but I would just keep an eye on it. It'll be kind of a grindy, fun game. It's an NFC South game that actually has meaning, meaning, meaningfulness and might be decent to watch. Who would have thought? So, however, moving on to your next game, San Francisco 49ers at the Washington Commanders. 13.5 point favorite San Francisco. Over under 49.5. Uh, this may not be meaningful to watch. However, it's a uh, nice opportunity to get Brock Purdy back on the road after throwing four picks and against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So why not? Yeah, I, uh, I yeah, th- this one doesn't require a lot of analysis. Nope. Uh, we can go through some of the old tropes. All oh, the players are always playing for their jobs. So, and it's not like the Commanders uh, players are going to be tanking. Uh, but there's they've got no chance in this game. Uh, the 49ers are going to win on the road, uh, get a little momentum back going into the postseason. Um, the 13 and a half point line, that's a good line. That one, uh, yeah, just, just like, like I said earlier with, uh, with the Eagles matchup, uh, I expect the 49ers to build some momentum here, but also to protect that roster. Um, the playoffs are so close. So, uh, it's not like they're going to be... Uh, desperate to uh, run the score up here, so that's a tough line for me. I am gonna, I am gonna say the 49ers win by a couple of touchdowns, uh, just because I don't think the Commanders have that uh, Kyler Murray ability to to hang in there and and keep it close. So I will take uh, San Francisco to uh, to beat that 13 and a half point spread. Over under 49 and a half. I'm taking the under. Sorry, that's just a little too high for me in this game. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, Washington's in full tank mode right now. I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just San Francisco's going to come in. They're going to whoop butt. Chase Young will have his, his revenge game, and life will be good in the Bay, at least for a week. So <laughs> Carolina at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 4.3 Jacksonville, over under 36.5. Trevor, this one's taken a little bit of a twist here in the last 24 hours. Trevor Lawrence has been ruled out, will not be playing um, at home against Carolina. And so this one's switched a little bit. Let's say C.J. Beathard's going to be starting it for Jacksonville. I don't know who they said they announced the starters. I think it's C.J. Beathard. But, um, I, you know, Jacksonville's lost three in a row, I think. And they haven't looked like the same team since he's injured his shoulder, so it's probably good as he gets a week. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure how to call this one, but what is your opinion? That lost four in a row, four in a row. Right. So, so. this one, I, I I'll just say I do think the Jags will win this one. Um, but man, yeah, I I I think about where we were this time last year, and the the Jacksonville Jaguars were just getting real hot. Uh, you know, finish the season real strong the way they started the season this year, and it's just a real bummer to uh, to see him slip in December. Like you said, the the you know uh, season starts in December. I think Belichick said, uh, sorry, Belichick. Uh, he did say Belichick, that. Yeah, yeah. Belichick yeah. Uh, would say, uh, oh, that starts at Thanksgiving. Right. Um, so. So yeah, the Jags just not. This could this could have been a get right game with Trevor Lawrence, um, less so without him. But I still think they'll win. It's not really a get right game when your roster isn't getting right. Um, 
yeah, they just, uh, just, I mean, I, I really thought that they were a lock to win this division, uh, at the beginning of the season. And now, uh, what they're neck and neck with the Colts. I think they're both eight and seven. Right. Um, so, so yeah, this has uh, big, big impacts for, for Jacksonville. Uh, the Panthers, uh, they win this game. It only screws things up a little bit for Chicago, <laughs> which is funny. Um, but, uh, you know, Chicago has their uh, first-round draft pick coming up. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird one. Um, the Panthers... They've been pretty predictable most of the season, but lately I think they had a did they almost win last week? They were they've they've, they've been playing better. Um and uh yeah, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Jacksonville to win without Trevor Lawrence, that four point that four point line is tough. Um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Jacksonville to win. I'm gonna take Jacksonville to beat that spread. That over under, yeah, I still I still like the over, uh, just because I'm not happy with either of these defenses right now. Um, the uh, the silver lining to this cloud for my fantasy team is I do think uh, ETN is going to just get a ton of touches this week, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, and I think Bryce Young will have like a decent opportunity for a good good week going against a. Pretty pretty poor Jacksonville defense, man. Once again, you said they were it's, revving up last year. They don't know what's going on with them this year defensively. I I don't understand it either. Um, and and no like it, I mean, it's not like I'm a diehard uh, Jacksonville fan. I'm not. I just mm. I love uh, I love to see uh, you know historically terrible teams turn it around, and that's that's what that's, I thought I saw happening last week. And uh, and man, it's just it's it's not like they've had a bad year. They're eight and seven. Uh, but man, they just, uh, they've really fallen short of the mark in my opinion here at the end. Right. Uh, Miami at the Baltimore Ravens, a three and a half point favorites, Baltimore over under 46 and a half. Um, look, man, you got game of the week right here. Um, I uh, think this will absolutely. show whether Baltimore is actually a true top tier team and they are worthy of the number one seed. Um, and, or if Miami can actually beat a winning team team other than Dallas on the road, <laughs> which isn't very good on the road. And now they're on the road, and if they win, they're the number one seed. So a lot on the line Absolutely. here. Um, a really exciting game, and uh, I, you know, it's a hard one to pick down the, down the middle, to be honest with you. It is. This is a tough one. Uh, this is, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I think that this is the AFC championship preview game right here. I think these are the two best teams in the AFC right now. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with the, both their quarterbacks are healthy. Um, so, yeah, I, I like these two teams. I think this is the game of the week. Um, and, and like I said already in this podcast, it's, it might be better to lose this game if you are going to play them again in the playoffs. It's so hard to beat the same team twice. That's why we see it. We see it all the time in uh, in these good divisions. You just you trade wins and losses uh, because it's it's really tough to beat the same team twice in one year. Let alone twice 
in a month and a half or a month. Um, so yeah, I, I, I might be watching a little too much hard knocks in season because I'm taking the dolphins to upset. I, I think they, uh, think they go on the road i think the ravens are a really good team both these teams are pretty balanced right now uh the dolphins hurting a little bit on defense right now um but they're making the adjustments they need to um and i still think yeah this game is such a good matchup for so many reasons and my favorite you know there's there's two players in this league that i consider to be true x factors and what I mean by that is when they're at the top of their game, they can beat any team any week. And that's Tyreek Hill and Lamar Jackson. And I just, if I had to, if I had to rank those two as X factors, I, I got to put Tyreek Hill at the top of the list. Um, I think he's the, in, in my, the way I view it, He's the obvious choice for NFL MVP. I don't think any single player in the league uh, affects the game more than Tyreek Hill, um, with uh, Lamar Jackson being a close second. Um, so, yeah, this I'm so excited for this game. Uh, and as an NFC guy, uh, I really don't have a dog in this fight. Uh, I've got friends that root for both teams. I've never been to either city, and... Uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to some really good football here. I'm taking the Dolphins to upset. I'm definitely taking the over on the 46 and a half. Uh, no disrespect to either of these defenses, um, but I've already mentioned these two X factors. So uh, I think you'll see a, a lot of scoring here. Yeah. It's going to be a fun game. Um, I think it's funny because you, you didn't mention Christian McCaffrey in that conversation. Yeah, that wasn't an accident. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. A little bias. You have to hear about him in Colorado all the time. Probably didn't want to say his name. I understand. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't have a lot of fantasy-wise, man. This is two defenses actually been playing pretty good the last, like, week or four weeks or the month of the se- month of the year. Jalen Ramsey's questionable. I'll keep an eye on that. If you're wondering if you could start Lamar Jackson, if he's a good start this week, or um, where your running backs are at. But Trevor hit the nail on the head. Tyreek Hill is really important. Don't know who's going to cover him. For Baltimore, I don't think there's a guy in the secondary they can just shadow him with, but they have Kyle Hamilton, who's a really good safety, um, very rangy, big guy, young from Notre Dame. They took him high last year. Um, so, uh, and, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but Miami and Baltimore, one and two in the NFL in terms of team sacks. So Baltimore 57, and, and I think Miami is 55. So two teams that can get out the quarterback and look, you know, it's it's a hard game to pick down the middle. It really is. So um, you think Baltimore is going to have it, but Miami just might come out swinging, and it's going to be a fun game, no doubt about it. Oh, it's um, going to be great. Yeah. So keep an eye on all those matchups and factors when you look into who you're starting fantasy daily, or even when you're watching the game and you want to get into it a little bit more. So, oh boy, Tennessee at the Houston Texans, four point favorites. Houston over under forty three and a half. Um, C.J. Stroud is back in just in time. <laughs> you don't have to play Case Keenum anymore. Um, I mean, what do you say? It's Tennessee without Derrick Henry, and I mean, yeah. Houston survived a tough stretch without without C.J. Stroud. So, right. So, 
and, and here I am looking at another uh, AFC South eight and seven team. Uh, right. Three three way tie right now. Jeez. Um, and it's an exciting one, I think, too. Uh, you know, Texans, Colts, Jags. Uh, yeah, at the beginning of the season, I was I was pretty uh, pretty bullish on Jacksonville. Uh, but at this point, man, how much fun would it be to see the Texans, you know, a couple years removed uh, from uh, old uh, Rub and Tug. Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> making it, making he, it to he the who shall not be named. rookie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so... Uh, so I, I'm loving it. Uh, I don't think this is going to be the game of the week by any means, but I like what the, the opportunity that the Texans have right here. Um, and yeah, I, I'll take Houston to win. I'm going to take them to beat that four point spread. I think they win by a touchdown. Um, the 43 and a half with, uh, with no Derrick Henry. I think I want to take the under here. Yeah. I think the Texans uh, hold the Titans pretty low scoring. Um, so, yeah, I'll take, I'll take the under on this one. Okay. Um, that's a good call. Um, C.J. Stroud being back. No Tank Dell. Um, huge, huge blow to that, that wide receiving core and, and offense in Houston. But Nico Collins is still there. Good rapport with C.J. Stroud. Would expect him to have a better game this week. And um, Devin Singletary, we like him week to week. Um, just a gouged Tennessee defense traded off some parts before the trade deadline. So wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple of nice games of the offense there. But they'll play them tight, 19-17, to 17, even with C.J. Stroud's what they want. No, it was Case Keenum. Um, Thursday night game, I believe, they won a couple weeks ago against Tennessee. But Good old oh, Case Keenum. Got to love him. I got to tell you, man, the age uh, is I, wonder, I, right? I did, uh, I, you know, just another little tangent here. It was really fun seeing Case Keenum playing in Houston, you know, that's where he set all kinds of uh, NCAA passing records with the University of Houston. I don't know if they're still standing, but uh, in his day, uh, he was such a gunslinger uh, in Houston. Uh, so seeing him play for Houston, that that's just, I love that. Right? Before they had seventh-year seniors and COVID seniors and stuff, they were breaking passing right. records because they are playing for like eight years. Um, moving on. Uh, rematch of Super Bowl, was it 40? I think it was 40, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers at the Seattle Seahawks, three and a half point favorite. Seattle over under 41 and a half. Both teams are holding down the seventh, seventh seed, I believe. Let me just make sure it's correct with Pittsburgh. I think it is. Nope. They're, they're right outside the, the seventh seed. Indy's holding down the seventh seed. Uh, regardless, they're in play for the seventh seed, um, in their respective conferences. So a lot on the line here. Um, at Seattle, Geno Smith playing this week, so as we know, Drew Locke's not going to get the start. Um, you know, I, I mean, Mason Rudolph's going to play for Pittsburgh two weeks in a row. I, I don't. We talk about games that are hard to count. Called straight down the center, man. It's two two teams that are basically in the same spot. I mean, underachieving. This, this is you know, this is a <laughs> tough one, um, and I do coaches. really like. Uh, I like Mason Rudolph. Um, I think uh, I, I mean we know he's tough. That time uh, Miles Garrett tried to decapitate him with his helmet. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but man, he was uh, he was very much the 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 prototypical quarterback coming out of Oklahoma State. 
Um, I think he's one of the better backups in the league, and if this year's any indication you need a good backup quarterback. Um, you know, I think the Steelers are going to do what the Steelers do, and that's disappoint anyone who's not a Steelers fan. Uh, I like I like the Steelers to upset this game. Um, I'm going to take them to win, and I'm going to take the over on that 41 and a half. All right, Pittsburgh to win. Yeah, Take. because we we just we're, you know we we haven't hated Pittsburgh for a while, and I think we really uh, haven't. Think they're gonna fix yeah. that soon. So okay, uh, as long as you're fixing things here, that's what we're good at. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, Geno Smith. I don't know. Crumpled down the stretch last year. I don't. I don't trust him here either. You know what? Mason Rudolph. Um, Got a dent in his head, still a smart guy, played really well last week. And I think that's – it's just like glut of mid here. I, you know, I don't – neither team are going to win a playoff game. So, they're frisky. I'll give it to them. They're frisky. I like DK Metcalf. George Pickens is nice. So, at least there's that. But moving on, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Dallas – the Dallas Broncos. Well, the Denver Broncos, <laughs> a three-and-a-half-point favorite Denver – 36 and a half over under. Folks, we're getting there. We're on our way. Sorry. COVID brain's hitting me hard right now. Um, yeah, no, Russell Wilson, man. Scapegoat. 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 That's what they like to do in Denver. Um, and they don't want to pay him. Did you know that? That's the reason they're, they're sending him. Because if he played the last two games of the year, they would owe him $25 million, and that would go against next year's cap. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're going to send him. And then they're going to cut him. Which is hilarious at the end of the year. No, it it, it feels like <laughs> oh uh, my god, feels like the Broncos are at the poker table and after driving up the pot have decided to fold. Yeah, um, which might be the right call. Uh, we'll we'll find out. Um, but man, yeah, what a disaster this whole uh, Russell Wilson ordeal has been. Um, that being said, man. I uh, I still like the Broncos at home in this one. I know they're favored by three and a half points, um, but uh, man, the Chargers. What can you say about the Chargers right now? It's just it's not looking good. Three and four away. It's uh, you know it's a division game. I think the Broncos. You know the rest of that roster. They're gonna be, you know, playing with a chip on their shoulder. Um, I like the Broncos to win this one at home. I think, uh, speaking for myself, I, I definitely, uh, uh, you know, I sold the Broncos short this year. They've impressed me. Uh, it started with their win that I was there to see against the Vikings. They played a really, I mean, just played four quarters. They were losing the whole time, came back, won a one-point game. Um and, uh, yeah, they, they, that whole roster battles. Um, so I like the Broncos to win this one. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers to cover. I think this is a three-point game or less. I don't think uh, Denver wins by by four points. And 36-and-a-half, uh, I'm going to take the under. I think this is a real low-scoring game. Wild. Uh, wild, yeah. Jared Stidham and Easton Stick. Yep. Uh, you, you know the game, <laughs> the tickets for this game are as low as twenty five dollars. Jeez. Why would you want to go to this game if you're a Denver Broncos fan? And they said we're 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 sitting Russell Wilson because we don't want to pay him. They didn't say that part, but they did say we're sitting him. And there was a lot of 
stories coming out about like arguments about it and, and why would you want to watch this game if you're a Denver Broncos fan? Or or go to it. You it's, can't uh, find any this, reason. This, why would you want to support the team after something like that? Absolutely. I mean, the, they'll sense. be the diehards will be there. Um, right. Especially since uh, since I do think this will be a win for the Broncos. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd rather be uh, cozy inside pining for a uh, uh, a bartender who doesn't know my name and, uh, you know, just uh, drinking some good old Shinerbach instead of being out there in the cold. Um, but that's just me. Wild. Wild, man. Yep. And we can all dream that any bartender would know our name. But moving on. <laughs> the... Um, well, this is it, man. Sunday Night Football, Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. One-point favorites in Minnesota. Over under 43 and a half. Um, you know, by our calculations, if Seattle loses, and uh, if Minnesota and or Green Bay win this game, they would be hypothetically in the seventh seed, moving, moving into the playoffs. Uh, of course, they have to win next week as well, but by our calculations here on football in general, that would be correct. And um, I got to tell you, it's interesting when you consider a one-point favorite to Minnesota. They're starting a rookie quarterback. Um, have started four different quarterbacks this year, and that's the state of the NFL in general. Uh, you know, no pun intended. But here we are: uh, Jaron Hall against Jordan Love, and Jordan Love isn't even the favorite in this game. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, it's uh, wow. It's it's pretty wild. Um, I think one of the more inter- I mean one of the more shocking things here even when the Vikings don't have the best year they've had a real uh, I mean they they've I don't know if they've had a losing season at home since their new stadium was built they're 2 and 5 at home this year uh, it's just bad um but here's a chance to uh to finish the season at home the the home season uh with a win um I got to take him, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Hall, uh, he came in for Kirk Cousins and, uh, or no, yeah, he, he finished that game out, but that one was over. Uh, so getting his first start, uh, the week after the Cousins injury, uh, he had a really great, I mean, we're talking really great opening drive before getting concussed on his way into the end zone. Um, and then, uh, it's just been a roller coaster of, uh, of other quarterbacks since then. But, uh, but I really liked what I saw from Jalen Hall on that first drive. Um, and he got that opportunity because Mullins was on IR at the time. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've got a lot of optimism for him and, uh, Kevin O'Connell and what this offense can do. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, both playing, you know, no TJ Hawkinson. That's not great, but, uh, Ty Chandler's really found a groove. Uh, so I, I like the potential for the uh, Vikings offense in this one. And the Vikings defense is one of the more underrated, uh, defenses in the league this year, just playing terrific. I mean, we did just lose DJ Wonham. Uh, you know, one of the last guys on the D line that was still healthy. Um, but, uh, but I think, I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a close one, but I'm taking the Vikings to win and I'm taking the Vikings and Packers to miss the playoffs. 
yeah, the Vikings will win this week, and we'll lose next week to the Lions. Uh, no Vikings, no Packers in the playoffs this year. So sad. Bold pick on. See how it works out. Um, Got to tell you, <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe Barry, is that his name? For the defensive coordinator for Green Bay? I believe that's his name, right? I, yeah. I, I don't know if you know that, but okay. Uh, I have no probably, idea. <laughs> okay. Let's just say that's his name. And to be honest, it doesn't even matter because he could be irrelevant. He's the worst defensive coordinator in the NFL. So let's just put that out there. Um, I think that's the reason Minnesota is a one-point favorite. It wouldn't surprise me if Jordan Love has a decent game um, and because they just make some really crappy defensive calls or adjustments or lack thereof. Um, they can have 30, they give 30 points to Carolina. I mean, come on, you know, come on. Right. Um, no, that's what I mean. Uh, come on. And, and I sent a really nice gift basket to the, uh, to the, uh, NFL referees front office. So, you know, I'm hoping the, uh, they're going to give the Vikings this one. Right. Minnesota lost four of five. Um, somebody's going to win this game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. We'll, we'll keep an eye on Jaron Hall. I think I, I'm right there with you. I think if you want to see a nice story, this would be a good one. At least out of all the rookie quarterbacks, <clears throat> um, he seemed to have a lot of flash and then got hurt. And then, uh, he'll have, he'll have his opportunity, man. No question. No question. He'll have his oh, opportunity yeah. this week against a bad Green Bay defense. Um, that's why I'm saying if there's anybody that's going to get a lot of volume this week. It's Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, Addison, and keep an eye on Isaiah Oliver because I think <clears throat> even when he was, um, you know, backing up T.J. Hawkinson, he had some nice plays. He's an athletic guy. It's more of a block, more of a blocker, but still has some some good height. Um, is it Isaiah Oliver or Josh Oliver? I'm saying the wrong guy. Josh Oliver, right? I think it's Josh um, Oliver. Josh um, but no, I, right. I I'm with you there. Uh, he's 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 not T.J. Hawkinson or Sam Laporta. Uh, you know, he didn't didn't go to Iowa, but uh, but basically he, uh, you know, he's he's got decent hands. And if the defense is all over Jefferson and Addison, uh, you could absolutely see him with a touchdown. I I, I can definitely see that happening. Okay. Well, that's our show today, folks. And uh, the flu game has officially uh, ended, right? This is my Michael <laughs> Jordan flu game right here. Um, recording with COVID-19, which is wild, but still alive. Um, and uh, Trevor, do you have anything to say before we get on to week 18 next week? And we record it then before my voice started cracking more and more. So I barely have it at this point. <laughs> uh, you know, just, just going to say that uh, if you're in your fantasy championship, that's awesome. That's certainly what I'm holding on to right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, it, you know, it's it's interesting to me that we had so many teams still in the hunt. I mean, last week there were still 24 teams in the hunt for the playoffs. Uh, so there's a lot of fans out there. The diehards never give up until it's over. That's I, I, I mean, my team always has a chance to go all the way until we're eliminated from the playoffs. Um uh, and uh, you know it's a tough time for a lot of lot of us out there who are seeing uh, the season wind down. We're not going to be in the postseason, um, but that's also the time when you start to uh, get excited about the playoffs, regardless, because we love football. We can't get it enough. We're going to enjoy all the football we can. Um, so uh, so yeah, uh, 
definitely got to watch as much football as you can these next two weeks so that you know uh, who you're supporting in the playoffs. And uh, and good luck to everyone in their fantasy championships. <clears throat> no doubt. Um, and, uh, yeah, dude, some really uh, interesting games this week. A lot on the line. Enjoy it. Uh, NFL Red Zone, last uh, second last week of NFL Red Zone. So uh, love me some Scott. What, what's his name? Scott. Jeez, Luis. Now, I want to say Stanford, but I don't want to say his last name. I know his first name Scott. Love me some. I love Scott. <laughs> I love Lamp. I love him. Um, you know, uh, just enjoy it while you can. Everybody loves Red Zone. Having the, the Octo Box, you know. I mean, come on. You know, just just sit Heck down, yeah. watch some football. Listen to us. Give us a like, subscribe, a share. Let us know. It's a long episode today. Appreciate y'all's patience and everything. Us being on the air took last week off until next week we'll be back until then we're out